You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Hey there, welcome to episode 126 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for Overwatch League offseason. Uh, I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, just a quick note up top, um, we're recording this a couple hours after the uh, news of alarms passing dropped. Um, we've already we've recorded a separate episode to talk about that because... Quite honestly, it doesn't seem like something that should even be in the same space as this, as the normal news stuff we're going to be talking about. So that's going to be separate. That came out hopefully earlier this week. Um, but yeah, just so you're aware that we have already discussed it um, and we're going to be focused. We're going to be um, taking care of the rest of the stuff this week. Yeah, but M- more so we wanted to give alarm. The uh, respect that he deserves. Yeah. Uh, and the space that I think that conversation deserves as well. Yeah, it, it, it's very heavy, obviously, for obvious reasons. So, um, again, if you've already listened to that episode, just, you know, remember to think about, you know, what alarm meant to you and what he means to a lot of other people. But <laughs> unfortunately, the heavy news doesn't really stop as far in, in other ways, though, unfortunately, Ramsey. Yes, sir. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Really quick, uh, follow us on Twitter at Pushpoint Pod at Ramsey's underscore OW and at Labosco. Well, uh, send us an email, push the point at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Okay, so we're gonna kick it off with um, a pretty major announcement in the Activision Blizzard realm. Uh, something that I, I don't know, Lobo. So. For some people, this is like it happened. It's done. Um, things have been fixed. Um, and for and for I think a lot of us who are paying a little bit more attention, um, there's still too much left to happen. Uh, about ten days ago, from when we we're recording this, Activision Blizzard released a message from Bobby Kotick, their CEO, announcing the progress and commitments made to address discrimination and harassment within the company. I'm reading this off of Wowhead. Um, so they acknowledge that there's more to do, but the letter shared five commitments being undertaken by the company. Um, number one, to launch a new company-wide zero-tolerance harassment policy with the goal of having the strictest harassment and non-retaliation policies of any employer in which any employee found to have retaliated against anyone making a compliance complaint will be terminated immediately. Number two, to increase the percentage of women and non-binary people in the workforce by 50% from approximately 23% to 33% of the company within five, within five years and invest $250 million over 10 years to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. Number three, to waive mandatory arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims. To increase visibility on pay equity by making regular reviews to ensure men and women are paid the same for comparable work and ensuring transparency by reporting results annually. Um, there was a letter earlier this month where the COO and C- Chief Administrative Officer shared that women earned essentially the same amount of compensation as men averaging one penny higher for every dollar of compensation. Okay. Um, though only made up around 20% of their employee population and only 15% of developmental jobs. 
to provide regular progress updates, monitoring the progress of their business units, franchises, and leaders, as well as adding a section with information on diversity, hiring, and workplace progress in their annual report to shareholders. Um, There's also a bit, um, so Bobby Kotick, the CEO, is uh, lowering, he's cutting his total compensation, including bonuses apparently, to the California state minimum of in Santa Monica of 62500 until the changes that they're talking about have actually been achieved. Um, he's not going to be hurting for money, though. I mean, what was his bonus last year? Five million. How many million dollars? Million like, or he'll, whatever. Yeah, he'll be he'll be chill. Um, so there's bits to talk about this. Um, number one, there are certain bits of there are certain things that Activision Blizzard like that a better ABK made as far as employee demands that still have not been answered directly. There are parts of these like stated goals that are really good. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing that I'm really interested in is um, waiving mandatory arbitration for sexual harassment discrimination claims. Since from what I've um, from what we've kind of been what's been shared with us over the past couple of months, arbitration does nothing to actually help anybody on the. On on from what we've seen so far, it doesn't do much to actually help people who have suffered harassment. Um, It's mostly just about the company actually just covering themselves. Um, there's concerns that people have as far as like, well, if you do like a big, where are the actual like changes? I guess that people are asking for more concrete and like tactile changes to the company culture and changes to company practices. Um, I think really just cause you have, cause of the idea, like if cool, if you put these in and then you like get rid of a bunch of people and put um, women in those positions, there's still nothing changing the actual system that causes these sorts of incidents to happen. Right. Because just like gender is only a, you know, a part of the equation, right? Like women can still take advantage of, of men. Like, like that has to be a part of the equation as well. So you still want these people, regardless of gender, uh, to still have one, the training, but two, like the, um, the repercussions to be there if they were to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's part of why you want to see some of this stuff happen. It, it's definitely a step in the right direction, but I think it's most important right now that you pay attention mm-hmm. to stuff um, that a better ABK is saying still, right? Um, yes. Because the, the, these are steps. This is still not... Uh, this still doesn't change the fact, right, that there are still people making terrible wages and stuff, um, especially contracted workers, right? Like, like part of part of mm-hmm. what a lot of these uh, Activision Blizzard employees is they 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 don't want to they don't only want changes for themselves, they want changes for the people at the bottom, right? The people who are mo- least protected, um, especially because they're contracted work, right? Um, you can get around a lot of the things that you as a company have is like things that you do by contracting out work because then you don't technically work for the company. So yeah. that that is part of why uh, that right now you're seeing a big push by a better ABK in particular talking about how um, that, you know, protecting those people as well. Like there was a tweet just from a couple days ago from a better ABK that's now pinned tweet that says uh, we learned from contractors across ABK uh, Activision Mm -hmm. Blizzard uh, in case those of you who are 
sure what ABK is. Um, I forget what the Activision Blizzard King. Yeah. King. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that they are being forced to take mandatory unpaid leave during the holidays, putting them in immediate financial and housing crisis. Right. Because um, you're taking mandatory unpaid leave on days where, you know, most jobs, you holidays are not that. So um, this is displacing workers who help create the products that generate ABK's revenue. And it's inhumane is kind of what they said. I, I, I did add a couple words in there. That's not the exact thing that they said. Um, there's like, I, what I said is what they said. I just added like in words to grammatically. Well, and like, I was talking about this with jaw actually a little bit ago that like Activision Blizzard makes how much money, like how much money. And then I still, we saw like early this week, tons of people who work, who are contracted work for Blizzard being like, I live out of my car. Like I, who like can't afford rent. Like it's for the amount, like for the amount of money that is available to them, like it's, it's why people make the joke about, it's part of why people make such a big joke about Bobby Kotick is like for the amount of money that that guy makes, like they can afford to treat and actually take care of their workers so much better. So there are advancements happening. Um, there still enough, needs right? to be, a, there still needs to be accountability as well. Cause it's one thing for them to say, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. It is another thing for them to actually follow through and do it. So it is, there needs to be accountability and there still needs to be, I think, there are still calls for further action uh, moving forward. Yeah, there, there's still a lot of work to be done, right? Like, like this, like Activision Blizzard's one step is one step. It's not solving anything completely. It's not even really fully giving into what uh, employees are asking for. So that's why you're seeing employees continue to support the, you know, a Twitter like a better ABK because this isn't over yet um it's still not over for ubisoft right as well i think it's worth mentioning them a little bit too even though we are an overwatch league podcast um ubisoft they they are i think they're in a much more dire position as far as their employees than blizzard employees are so that Mm -hmm. that's another um well i mean blizzard from what i've been told ubisoft actually like acknowledged their demands too but they haven't done anything, right? They haven't done anything, but they've ignored Yeah. So, like, if you look at a better Ubisoft right now, they're t- they've got a petition up that they put up the just yesterday. Um, uh, basically, they put out a survey, is what they did. So, and, and you can even read in what they put up the other day when they put up this petition is in spite of how management tried to spin it, employee surveys are not a seat at the table, especially surveys that are designed, controlled, managed, analyzed, communicated, and acted on or not in any way that management sees fit with no oversight. And that's sort of showing that like, yeah, okay. Ubisoft acknowledged them, but they haven't done anything, right? They gave mm-hmm. them a survey, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any any comedy show that's had a had a, like a suggestion box. Like usually the suggestion box is actually a trash can or something or an incinerator or whatever. That's basically what the survey is. Um, is what they're sort of alluding to as far as the, the Ubisoft employees that, that run a better Ubisoft. So that, that is another company that, that is worth paying your time, your attention and time to, especially for somebody who likes those games. So I just wanted to make mention of them as well, uh, because their cause is just as important as the, the blizzard one, because the more that these employees can, can foster better work environments in these massive companies, the more widespread and the more, um, industry standard these things become so Mm -hmm. 
it's worth putting the pressure not just on Blizzard, but on these other um, companies as well. Definitely. Um, looking as well, there is a pretty big... So this came um, as part of a large investor call earlier this week. Yeah. Um, uh, one with thing, Activision Blizzard King. One thing to remember, um, uh, we, we just hit the end of a quarter, right? Uh, recently. So mm -hmm. uh, earnings calls happen roughly around this time. So big Activision Blizzard King earnings call um, that shared shed some light on a bunch of stuff. A um, couple of things. So these new commit commitments that we just talked about were announced during that earnings call. Um, another thing was that um, the co-leader of Activision, Activision Blizzard. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The co-leader of Blizzard, um, Jen O'Neill, who was promoted along with uh, Mike Ibarra, uh, is going to be departing Activision Blizzard. Um, she'll be moving to a different position for the remainder of the year um, until she transfers into doing something else. Um, I think the current what I've been told, led to believe. So she's doing work with um, Women in Games International, which is an organization that um, works for. Um, giving resources uh, for women to enter like the video game sphere, um, but also in like trying to protect those spaces as well. I was under the impression she was leaving to work like underneath them, but I think she's doing work with them. Blizzard is making a very substantial um, donation to them as well. Um, over a million dollars, if not a million dollars. Um, but she's departing um, Activision Blizzard. Um, which, of course, leaves Mike Ibarra to become the sole head of Blizzard. Um, it is a little concerning, to say the least, that um, when you look at the, uh, what's it called? The executive suite of uh, Activision Blizzard that um, Fran Townsend, who we've talked about many times, appears to be the only um, woman in any of those positions. Uh, but... Yeah, it, it it's another high profile uh, high profile departure from Activision Blizzard. Um, she put out a statement talking about how none of this is about um, the lack of progress, or the lack of change at Activision Blizzard. In fact, I'm super excited about it, and I'm excited about the passion that people have. Uh, but this is me going on to do other work at this other place that I'm really excited about. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Labasco? Um, I don't like the fact that they've they've said that now. Uh, are they saying that Mike Ybarra is going to be the sole leader now? Like that That's what I just don't understand. Um, like part of the reason you did this was sort of to diversify something that that you that didn't have enough diversity right now, like her leaving to go on to do something that is clearly um, a very important thing that needs to happen in the industry. Right. Um, it it still doesn't. It, it still doesn't change the fact that now you don't have somebody at the top of Blizzard who is a woman, right? I I mean, so there hasn't been I don't think there's been any sort of official like stamp that like Mikey Barra is the new is the guy who is 100% in charge. However, he was a co-leader and then now he is currently the only person at that executive level. Yeah, I I hope that they bring somebody else who's in the company to take her place hopefully a woman right that would be really nice um that's what you would like to see i don't know if they're going to or not it would be really um there'd be a lot of problems if that's what they did right yeah i agree 
Um, and I'm not necessarily confident in them making, I think, the best or correct decision. So we'll see what happens. And like Jen O'Neill do- doing something that seems to be very altruistic is fine, right? Like, I think this is like. You, That's not the complaint. Of right. Course. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't think. Um, I don't think people should be overly. Like, I, I'm sure probably people feel feel weird because they're giving like a million dollar grant to it. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Unless you find out that there's like. There is something behind it, but I highly doubt it, right? It just well, seems like, to be like they, they believe in what she's going to do. They they already were going to give this money somewhere. Why not give it somewhere to somebody that you know is going? Yeah, I'm with you. I um. So that was one announcement about uh, Activism Blizzard. The other announcement that came out was a... <laughs> Um, in that earnings call, they also said they also discussed that um, they announced that Overwatch Two and Diablo Four will not be arriving as soon as originally planned. Um, they, of course, because this is Blizzard, did not provide a new time frame for when the two big sequels will co- eventually come out. Um, looking into resources, they had said that like like there was a placeholder date of December first for like the new game, like for the games to come out. Yeah, and again. December when I say placeholder date that's what it is it's a it's a common placeholder date for video games as far as like we'll put December 1st we'll move from there um there is no date as far as when I mean pretty much the current narrative is that it's going to be 2023 and we've seen if you've been on social media for Overwatch in the past week I'm sure you have seen the doomer memes and like the general kind of feelings of despair around the game um going without i mean because here's the thing if it was a year like you and i had this discussion lobo we're like if it's hey we need to deliver we need to delay it for a year because it's not ready and we want it to be 100 percent polished cool totally understand that i like you want to put out the best game you possibly can all for it um but if overwatch one again is going to consistently get zero fundamental like zero substantial content is going to be kind of ignored then it just feels like it's another year of nothing. Yeah, you're you're really um I mean, I haven't looked at like like one thing that I think is always important and and we don't have numbers of how many people are playing Blizzard games cuz they don't give out those numbers. But a good indicator of the popularity of your game is to look at Twitch, right? Look at how videos are doing on Twitch, how videos are doing on YouTube, right? Uh, well, when Overwatch is doing like 17,000, 18,000 at prime time, that's, and games like Apex Legends are doing like 80K, 70K. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, I'm I'm scrolling right now looking for Overwatch. Let's see. Overwatch right now, now is granted, at 11,000 viewers. We're also, we're also talking right now during a time when it would make sense that there's low views for Overwatch streamers, at least. If there's low people on. Well, it's a Sunday, I guess. But still. The point well, in re- is in recent news as well. Well, I mean. right, recent news too. But even even still, like that, sometimes will make people gravitate towards something too, right? Um, but but the point is, is like you look at games that have been around for longer than 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 Overwatch has, right? You look at CS:GO, twenty six thousand, right, right now for CS:GO. Um, and there's nothing going on for CS:GO right now, right? So, there was a major today, right? But not right now. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, sure, there was a major earlier, but now the major's over and there's still 26,000 people watching. Um, Fortnite hasn't had anything going on for a while. And that, that Fortnite has more than Overwatch as far as viewers. Fortnite. And I'm not saying that because Fortnite's bad. I'm saying that because Fortnite is not the juggernaut that it was. Um, Dead by Daylight has more views than viewers than Overwatch. Um, and this is a consistent thing. Like, I, I'm saying this now on this day, but this is this is normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not anything new. Um, I think it was in. And that's something that that shows you there there's some sort of decline happening. There just is. Whether you admit it or not, there is. Um, and we don't know how much more that's going to go down if you have such a content drought for another um, however many months before we get Overwatch 2 or we get something of Overwatch 2 as well. Right? Did um, I sent you a tweet earlier, Lobosco. Where like it was, I think it was a Pharaoh tweet where it was, ta- it was a comparison of like how much stuff has come out for individual games. Oh, it's Vortex, yeah. Since Blizzard Overwatch announced Overwatch two two years ago, League has released twelve new champions. Valorant has released seven agents after launch. Apex released eight new legends. Fortnite got nine seasons, um, and Overwatch got two new deathmatch maps. Now again, there's those games are in a different. St- area of life cycle there's it's it's not a hundred percent airtight comparison i understand that but the fact that overwatch has gotten nothing substantial not a new like comp map not a new hero and again i know they're building for overwatch too but like the mismanagement continues to just escalate and escalate i I mean escalate It, it continues to become more and more like obvious to me i guess is what it is like when we're recording this arcane, the new league of legends, like animated series came out on Netflix earlier this weekend and it is doing huge numbers. People love it. People are super excited. Really good. By the way, I watched the first three episodes. I don't know if you did. Uh, I, I've been planning to, I've been watching all weekend. It's good. Um, like even if you don't know league, it's good. Um, it's not like incredible. Like I think some people are maybe blowing it a little bit too, but it's a very, like it's a series. I'm excited to watch the next episode, you know? Well, but like, and I'm sure Lobo, the a, a huge <laughs> comparison you keep seeing with these tweets is people being like, "Remember when Overwatch was supposed to have an animated series? Wouldn't that have been? Great? Remember when Overwatch was supposed to get this? Dude, <laughs> it would be so good too. And like, I think people need to remember though too. Like, um, I think the that that uh, Ar- Arcane has been in the works for like six years though. Yes. So well, and so like I think that's one thing to remember too is like there could be something in the works that we don't know about for for something like that. Um, well, it's and awesome. it's people vocalizing that like there's and honestly the Labosco last bit I'll say on this because again we're frustrated. Make the game perfect. I understand that, but it is incredibly frustrating. Um, we'll talk about the league aspect in a second, but like it is incredibly frustrating because to me at least the only reason I am still playing this game because my friends don't even play this game very much anymore. Um, the only reason I play this game is because I the characters. I love the characters. And I love this like IP so much. And the reason why people still cling on to this game, at least in my opinion, is because they love this IP and they love these characters so much. Some people love the gameplay as well. I get that. But at least I would say for, for like the casual audience. Um, and to see something done as well as Arcane and feel like that Blizzard was at least in like that seemed possible for overwatch a couple years ago is a very kind of bitter pill to swallow. 
Yeah. It, and I think it makes sense, right? That some people might um might feel that way. So I don't know. I I I I think that more than anything right now people can be frustrated and and that should be fine. Um does it mean the game's going to die though? I don't know. It's definitely not a good sign. I, I think people I'm not saying it's going to die, but like realistically, you're definitely putting yo, yourself in a very hard position to come back, though. Right. Um, no, I was talking with John. Like I said, I talked with John earlier and I was like, I, he didn't know he hadn't seen the news. <laughs> and he was like, I was like, yeah, it's delayed till what sounds like 2023. And I was like, and he's like, oh, it's done. It's over. Like, it's, it's not like here's the thing. People keep acting like overwatch Two. like, okay. We all know overwatch two is supposed to be the gold is supposed to be like the bullet that brings overwatch back to life. But the longer you like, I think the longer we go without anything significant, the less return you're going to get, even if it does bring it back to a new height. You have to really blow it out of the water, right? If, if if you're going to take this much time, you've got to put out something that's really impressive. And we the problem is, is we don't know how long delays are. I think the thing mm. that's most frustrating is the leak puts out, you know, kind of putting down Yiska's article the way that they did. Right. And it wasn't just like it was one person putting down Yiska's article. It was multiple people putting out down Yiska's article about saying how the game might not come out for, you know, the Overwatch 2 might not come out. And, and now the league might still start in April. Right. Like, that's fine. But the stuff he was talking about the game seems like it might be a true thing, right? Um, because sort of the league was supposed to coincide with the the start of Overwatch Two, right? That was sort of the 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 plan that Yiska's article was talking about. So, well, and to be fair, um, they're not the ones in the meetings with over like they're not the ones in the meetings with like the development team, um. That's not necessarily anything they can control, but the idea that like the game, the league is going to be playing an entire season on a pre-build of Overwatch Two, when you and I can't play the game casually, is already like a bad enough taste. But something that you and I have talked to, like, and again, I'm saying like with the idea like that maybe like a beta will release at some point later in the season, maybe. But like, there's already that issue. Um, Lobosco, you talk about everything. Like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to be good in Overwatch Two yet. Now, like contenders won't either. That's the thing. Contenders and tier two are all playing on Overwatch one. So how are you even supposed to see and like Overwatch two players for like the league? They can't practice on their off time on Overwatch two. Yeah. So like it. It, 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 It's definitely gross, right? Like, Like no matter what, it's going to be an awkward situation unless they're able to push something out that everybody's going to be able to use. And I, I guess it's like, okay. From what we've seen of the game, like if you need more time to finish the game, what is holding you back more than anything else? Like, like I wonder now, this is something that I haven't seen really talked about, but I wonder if the 5v5 multiplayer version, um, because uh, uh, Overwatch 1 is going to be that, right? Like, that's something we know. I wonder if they will push that out first sooner than people think right um maybe that will happen i think that's a possibility that we haven't really talked about that needs to be considered because well that can happen 
Well, and that's something I think everybody wants to happen. The the reason why we have no the reason why everybody is so ba- bummer about that specifically is because there's been no timeline. There's been no like path telling you here's where we are, here's what we want. Because then, if, at least if we felt like they're close to a beta, like it would it, it would alleviate so much. I think of that attitude. We'd still be mad about you, it. But I think people yeah, would feel better. People would be mad. I wouldn't be so mad. I mean, if you say, "Hey, we're going to delay the PVE side of things," but hey, look at the PVP. What we've got done so far. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm 100 there with you. Yeah, and and I think we might be getting close to that. Just thinking about what we saw of Overwatch 2 for like the the test that we saw for the players, right? Um, we saw the player. You know, we saw pros players play it, and that you know, I I haven't seen anything about it being a buggy mess from players or that there was like problems when they were playing. Did you? No, it was just a doesn't seem for me. For some people, that was right. the main critique. If there was one, which it doesn't seem like it's for me. But a lot of people were fine with it. Like a lot of players were excited. So, I think more than anything, what I want to see is, um, and I, and I think a lot of those people who were like, "Oh, it's not for me," it was because they heard Call of Duty and they immediately like tuned it out. Um, I think that once people play it, they'll they'll have a different tune. But that's beside the point. I think we might still get something. I I, I think that that they are di- doing a disservice to themselves by not telling us more. And this is this is standard Blizzard protocol, though, right? Like, like this just, is nothing. It's, new. It is. Granted, Lobosco, I've talked to you about my work environment. My main thing is just like communicating with your people you work with, communicating like yeah. people's needs. And this is a thing. This is 100 percent. Communicate with your player base what is happening, because this this idea of like. It sure does freaking sting at this point. We're just like, we are so far into this and we're consistently hearing nothing, getting nothing. The getting nothing wouldn't even be as bad of an issue if we just knew what was happening. Yeah. If we knew what was if going there was on. a little bit more transparency, right? Like, like all we're, of, all we're asking for is transparency a little bit more. Speaking of which, really quick announcement that this kind of um, kind of fell by the wayside. BlizzCon online has been canceled for the year. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. I for, totally forgot about that. Um, we have just. So their kind of Blizzard's response was like, okay, so like we're going to look, it takes everybody at Blizzard to make this event happen. And right now it makes way more sense for us to kind of divert that energy and focus on taking care of our people and making a better workplace, which like, shut up. I don't believe you. Um, (laughs) You don't have to believe them, but, but honestly, if they did BlizzCon, you know, there would be people being like, man, they shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? Lobo. What, what what smacks to me of it? I just can't stop thinking of freaking J. Allen Brack two years ago being like, "We heard you guys. We're sorry, and we're sorry." <laughs> like that's all I can think about is just some. Well, he's not there baloney. anymore. Okay, I, I know it's not J. Allen Brack, but like it's is that kind of posturing or that kind of response where I would just feel like it's not. It's it's a good call, and honestly, if their game their games aren't in a spot where they have anything to release or anything to drop, so like content wise well they they still said they're going to announce things oh i mean as far as like there's not gonna be like a ma- there's nothing major that's coming out this year to our knowledge to our, to knowledge. our knowledge la why how are you the more optimistic one out of the both of us in this scenario I'm a pretty optimistic I person i'm just usually usually i'm the one like talking you off the cliff though is the thing oh, that's true like, I this think I'm, I'm the more optimistic one of us, too. I think I'm just more, I think you're just because I'm also the one who keeps it more even. Like when you go for the really high highs, I try and even it out a little bit, I think is what you're thinking I, about right now. You know what it is? It's just this game. 
It's just a stupid freaking game. That's where my only Doomer thing is. is for, I, I mean, I Doomer a lot, a couple different things. This game is it. Um, we got to get through some rosters because like we are already like running with there, low time. There, there's so much. There, there's so much. I mean, it, this is this is uh, life when, when you have a lot of news and a lot of important news that we have to talk about. The last thing I'll say before we do move on to the, the roster stuff um, is that we just want the product to be good and we want Blizzard to be a place where people feel welcomed who work there, right? Yes. So, I, like, yeah, no BlizzCon, like, sure, you're that's what you're working on, but hopefully they are, right? Like, like I think it's important to not give them the benefit of the doubt, but hope that that effort, that, that they do actually make the effort to uh, continue to, to try and meet the demands of a better ABK, which they should be able to, to do quicker than they have. Um, it sucks that it's taking as long as, as it is. At least there's been some concessions, but there needs to be more. Agreed. Okay. We're going to go through the APAC rosters and we'll tell you if there's any changes and then we'll kind of discuss it for a little bit. Um, and then we'll go through APAC and then we'll go through NA. There's kind of a lot more going on. Um, at least there's a lot more publicly stated going on in North America. APAC has been a little bit quiet as far as what we know. Shanghai, no changes. Um, Everything is still the same there. We talked about last time, I think, develop leaving the team. Jay Feel and Dong Su, their assistant coaches, have both left the team. They have not been picked up anywhere else yet, to our knowledge, which is kind of weird. But it seems like a lot of teams are kind of set as far as like who they want for head coaches. Not a lot of head coach turnover so far. Yeah, I um I, again and po- I don't know how much there's gonna be because like <laughs> now I'm starting to think, are we gonna be playing Overwatch one for next year? You know what I mean? Like like we're kind of getting to that point now. Like like it's kind of weird. Um, Chengdu Hunters, same. Nothing's changed over there. Uh, Guangzhou Charge. There's a couple alterations. Um, Eileen, Rio, Krong, Choi Sewan are all still on this team. Um, the new right additions now, yeah. have, yeah, uh, Develop, who was a rookie for um, Shanghai Dragons, who kind of came in to take over for. Um, to take over for DM uh, when DM retired, or just kind of to fill that roster spot. Develop is on this team now um, as your other DPS. And then Unique um, is a f- main support player, spent some time with T1, um, as well as Element Mystic back during the Gauntlet days and during the Showdown days. So Good player, too. Some- it was a pretty good uh, main support player. Uh, won the Gauntlet, too. So it was a pretty yeah. good support player when they won the Gauntlet. Somebody who people are excited to see. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, he's definitely have some finally um, he turned 18, I think, last year, but like just didn't make his way onto a team last year. Um, Hangzhou Spark currently only have five people on the roster, at least to our knowledge. We have no idea who else is going to be on there. Um, Gushui Architect, Shy, Liga and Bernard. Philly Fusion, uh, things have been changing a little bit. It sounds like. Excuse me. Um, the word on the street is that they're going to be promoting a lot from uh, T1. Uh, which is where, I mean, right now they have Zest, who is another DPS player from T1. Um, I've heard some mixed stuff about Zest. Um, one of those things where people are like, he's good, but I think people had... A, there's been the whole meme this offseason about Fusion fans seeing all the different pickups going on and then being like, man, we didn't get anybody. But... With how much money Fusion has spent in the past couple of years, they may just be trying to switch. They may be trying to promote from within for this year. We have no idea. They only have two people on the roster and, right now. And honestly, it's one of those things that 
take your time, Philadelphia. You've got a lot of other things to get through right now. So, um, um, they did bring in Jin and Chara, who are both on the coaching staff of the T of T one. Um, Chara, you remember as a former Guangzhou Charge main support player, Jin was a former like coach Chara. for the Guangzhou Charge. Yeah, uh, I like Chara. I thought Chara was a pretty decent player when he was a player. So, uh, and then and then and then MN three is a other DPS player, um, hits gang guy for you, um, who also he is, he'll be turning eighteen at the end of this month. Um, he also is from T1. And then the really quick, I mean, we'll talk about sold last LA Valiant. Nothing. We still have nobody. It's weird. It says that everybody's still active on this roster, but from what I remember, I thought I remember them all getting released. So I don't know. Um, that New York Excelsior still currently has Flora only. Who knows? Cause they, they haven't posted anything on their Twitter. So Yeah. I there was there's been heavy rumors that they're supposed to pick up a bunch of the Florida guys, specifically Yaki and uh Kuki, who's the head coach of Florida. Florida have officially like parted ways with Yaki. Like we know he's not on the team anymore. So it's just whether or not New York is gonna announce anything. They have made a big deal, like they like to announce their whole roster in one big chunk. If you remember the videos from the past couple of years. Yeah. So we'll know about New York's roster probably just over the course of one week. Yeah. Uh the big one to talk about is Soul Dynasty. Uh Soul Soul for a long time has kind of had the reputation as being like the Korean player, the Korean great retirement home. Um we're like mediocre, I guess, is like kind of a mean way to say it, but like feeling like there could be do there could be more coming from this team. But they have really put together, I think, what sounds like a what seems to be like a really solid roster. You got Fitz and Profit both returning at the DPS, uh, joined by Stalker, who is a contenders player formerly with Gen G. Um, somebody with a little bit of hype um, behind him as well. He's going to be covering like, he's he's your flex DPS player. Your Genji, your Farah. He comes in to where, when you want to run, I think, Profit on Tracer, and then maybe another flex DPS in place of Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Fitz is your hit scan guy. Profit is your starter always forever. Um, and then stalker just fits, uh, fills like the things that profit would normally do that. He can't do if he's on one other flex DPS character. So it makes sense. Um, obviously that's not the crown jewel of what they did though. There's a couple. Well, so there's a couple, um, creative is still on the team. Um, he's returning this year. Uh, they picked up two new support players. They picked up Vindayim, who is a main support player, formerly with O2 Blast, uh, Tiger Nation, uh, who is going to be, yeah, he's your main support guy. Um, I've heard some pretty good stuff about him. I have no experience with him personally. They did pick up Jonak, finally making his way back to the, I think this was a match that people made even back in season one of like, you want him playing for what is quote unquote, like the premier Korean. I mean, like the only team representing South Korea itself. So Joe knock on here is cool. I am interested to see kind of what we get from him. Cause even this last year, it's not that he was bad. He still played pretty well, but obviously the pieces around him were not at the level he's had in the past. And he did not play in the level he has in the past. Yeah. Still like definitely like a top 10 guy, but not like a top three. So I'm interested to see what kind of rebound we get from him this year. Yeah, uh, you would imagine he probably starts over creative 
Um, that's sort of what you think, but creative has been pretty good for Soul. So I'm really curious to see how he integrates into the team. We don't know if they're going to be playing on Overwatch or Overwatch 2. So as far as like the... Sorry, I should say, let, let's say this correctly. We don't know if they're going to be playing 6v6 or 5v5. So, yeah, so if they're playing 6v6, like obviously it's a great pickup. If it's 5v5, I think flex support is one of those areas where you kind of are going to have things transition the best, that and DPS. So I think a flex support pickup like this is always going to be good. Well, and hey, if you're going to run double flex, creative and Jonak is not a bad double flex lineup at all. And there's definitely opportunities to do that as well. So I think that this makes a lot of sense as far as uh, covering your bases for supports. I think you're pretty set on DPS. Um, the Tank, though. Yeah. Um, so they brought in Smurf, um, formerly with the San Francisco Shock. Smurf is, as of this time, their only tank on the roster. Um, it, if it's 5v5, it, I guess it's okay, because he'll play everything. Well, <laughs> the issue five is, five. and we'll talk really quick as well, they hired... Um, MMA and Bong Wuri, um, who their assistant coach and analyst, are both returning this year. The return of the king, Wizard Hyong, is back on the team, Labosco. This man gets another job. Um, head of strategy and data coach. Which I think is a role that he's filled before. He's always been, from what we remember hearing, even when he was with New York, guy's an incredible data guy. Awesome with data, not a good head coach. Yeah, very, um, very good with with numbers, but also like strategic. Like he was always a strategic coach for teams. It just reminds me of that freaking meme. That's, that's a name I have. Wizard Young. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Kobe one Kenobi. I haven't like where was Shout this dude? Because he was buddy Kenobi too. By the way, he was coaching for Game Coach Academy. Okay, I mean, hey man. Uh, he was only doing that for a little bit. He was a sole pri- prior to that, you yeah. know, in 2020, you know, he spent a year, you know, game coach Academy, I think might've been a team trying to get into contenders. I don't remember. Um, it, the main one to talk though, is uh Toby former soul dynasty main support um, has been and former Philadelphia fusion main support um, has been brought in as the head coach. Um, I know, Labosco, as somebody who dearly loves this man, uh, you are happy to see him back in the league. Wait, wait, who? But this is Toby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to- so this is the first name we'll talk about where you're seeing this crop of P- of Korean players coming in at coaching positions. Like we're now starting to see this next move of guys who were players in the past years now coming in as coaches. And I think Toby's one who can potentially be really good. Uh, he was always kind of one of the leadership guys when he was um, when he was playing for, you know, like uh, Lunatic High and when he was with Seoul as well. Right. So like like he he was always a, a very like solid guy. You know, the, the leaders were always sort of seen as like Ruge Hong and 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 Eska. But Toby was always like a very good leader, too, for the, their teams. Um, very important to all of the, their success as well. And from everything I know, he's a very smart guy and somebody who has been able to learn so much and absorb like knowledge from other players better than a lot of people. So mm-hmm. obviously there there must be sort of some sort of comfortability with him and Wizard Young that that's probably why they play why why you have them paired together. Um, Wizard Young's a guy who has a lot of experience as well in the league and in, in coaching positions like. 
it's a move that seems to make sense in a lot of ways. And I, I have been on the record saying that I think Toby's one of the greatest to ever play the game. I think he can be a good coach. I think so too. I'm interested to see what happens with him going forward. I, it, it obviously kind of smacks a little bit of like the kook of like the same strategy with Kuki. Although Kuki had like a year in contenders with runaway. So yeah, but some guys think, are just ready. Like sometimes you just know a guy is ready to be a pro, like a coach at the highest level, right? Like, like there are some people who they don't have to, to go through like sort of that ringer that others go. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt to do that. I mean, you think about a guy like Phil Jackson who coached in like leagues and I know basketball's a different sport, but like he was coaching in like, you know, like somewhere in like the, the, I forget what islands he was on. It was like the Caribbean or somewhere over there. You know what I mean? Like he was coaching all over the place before he finally got his opportunity to be like on an NBA, like, uh, coaching staff. So, mm-hmm. so like it, you can have it go Either way, I, I think that a a former pro could turn into a great coach pretty quickly, uh, depending on who they are. All right, going over to APAC. I'm sorry, going over to North America. Lots of rosters to get through, um, so we will we'll try our best to be on time with it. Uh, Atlanta Rain with the surprise rebuild. Um, I think a lot of people weren't expecting them to really change stuff off, change stuff up, especially after such a successful season, but they brought in a lot of contenders talent um, and some other big names. So Gator and Hawk are returning. You got three DPS right now. Um, you have Kai, which we know and love Kai. Nero joins this team um, after kind of a, a, a year with the shock that was good, but not I think up to what we know he can do. Um, and then Venom, who I, th- I guess is also known as Sigma in game. I wasn't sure. Yeah, he, um, he was known as that before. He was also known, I think, as Coffee Bean or something. Um, what people will know him for is if you were a contenders watcher of like North America, uh, he was on Odyssey for a while, um, played for them at multiple points. I think he might have even uh, spent a little bit of time on American Tornado and some tournaments and stuff, too. Like he he's um, basically like the, the rumors of American Tornado going to the Florida Mayhem obviously don't really seem to be the case because a lot of the guys from American Tornado have made it over here to Atlanta. Well, so that actually, there was a development about that. Um, Albert, the general manager for Florida came out and said like, yeah, we were close to picking those guys up. And then when the floor, when the when Halo's leak about that came out, Atlanta came in and like Atlanta found out about it and came in and swooped us and paid and got them. So like, good job, Halo. You got more money for these guys than probably. Yeah. Hey, I hope they got paid more. Uh, and also, this they, roster looks freaking sick. Probably did. Yeah this this, so th- this does seem like it's going to be a fun roster to watch. A uh, good mix of players. Um, well, there's still two more. We didn't talk about them yet. Yeah. Um, we have OG finally make and not OGE OG main support player. Um, spent some time with. I mean, this guy has been everywhere. XL2 Academy, Team Envy, then Team Doge, then American Tornado. Then he was recently with Bobby Wasabi. And now with the Atlanta Reign, this is another guy who's like a phenom. Somebody who like people have been wanting to see in the league for a long, long time. A lot of first place finishes for him in tournaments and, and contenders and other stuff as well. You think about it. He was part of that pretty good um, uh, 
XL2 team that made it to the gauntlet in 2019 that that were a bit of a surprise that they did as well as they did in the gauntlet. Um, made it further than people thought. Uh, he was part of a pretty good Envy team after that. Then he was part of Team Doge, which Doge was a great team when they did exist. Uh, won a lot of tournaments in Contenders North America with them. Um, his record is kind of um, with very good teams. He was part of the the best one of the best meme names, which was the Tier Two Drama Alert Nation team. Um, yeah. He was part of that team, uh, and then a part of American Tornado most recently. So he's coming in and you got ultraviolet um, also coming in at the flex support currently underage. Uh, he'll be turning 18 in April, actually on April 1st, a lot of the same spots that, um, that OG was also at uh, with tier two trauma alert nation with American tornado and red bird esports. Most recently red bird esports kind of taking over, um, kind of taking up a lot of that spot um, for that American tornado used to have, I think. Um, also, uh, Redbird Esports for Illinois State University. So congratulations to Labosco getting another an Illinois State alumni in there. Not not somebody from Illinois, but another Illinois State alumni. Hey, we still we claim our own. Once you're once you've been in Illinois for some reason, you're you're ours now. So this team, this team looks pretty sick. Not like not lying. This team looks like it could be really really good. Could be. It'll be fun. Like like this is one of those teams that it's like. Um, can go either way really hard, right? Like this is a team that can like have great success or it's going to crash and burn, right? Because you've got a lot of unproven players. Gator and Hawk a- and Kai are like, and Nero are sort of like your your solid foundation. Venom, OG, and Ultraviolet are like rookies that you're you're putting a lot on because they're going to be in starting positions. Um, Yeah, I, I, this will be fun. There's a lot of teams that are kind of like that this year. It seems like a lot of teams could either be really good or crash and burn. Yeah. Um. Speaking of, well, we'll get into it. Number two for North America, um, Boston Uprising has a couple returning talents. Valentine's coming back, as is Faith, um, in a move that kind of broke um, Twitter and Reddit for the day. Striker is making his return back to the Boston Uprising. Hmm. Um, I wonder if anybody thought about that before. Okay, here's the thing, though, Lobo. We all were like, he's going back to shock. It's easy. He's going back to shock. Why would he go anywhere else? I, I he's didn't going think that. I said, I said, I. who was the person who said, what about it? What a story it would be? Didn't I? Didn't I? This is true. And, and, and who was right? Who was the one who so, was right? It's kind of a shock. I mean, I really did not expect this to happen. But um, maybe maybe Boston wasn't as bad as, as some players made it out seem it to be. Maybe. Or I guess maybe Boston also wasn't as bad as like everybody in season one really wanted them to be in order to justify why they hated people who were kicked off that team. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, hey, Boston looks decent this year. I mean, you got Valentine. Valentine Striker is a good DPS line. I hope they get one more guy just kind of cover ba- to cover bases. But like Valentine Striker is nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Faith and Crimzo, um, they brought out, they picked up Crimzo as their flex support. I really want Crimson to hit the full potential this year. Please, please let me hit the full max power Crimson arc. Um, and then Punk and Marvel, otherwise known as Marv One, are your tanks for Boston right now. This is a solid team. Yeah, I think Marvel will be fun to to see here in Punk. Um, obviously, it depends on whether we're going to get six v six or five v five for some of this. But I think again, 
if you're going to go with like sure bets of guys who are going to be really good, probably striker, regardless whether it's five v five or six v six, is going to be one of the best. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's just too talented. Um, it's harder. It's hard to get a better pickup for any team than picking up a guy who, who's probably the best player to ever play Overwatch one. So, so I think it's a pretty darn good pickup for them. By the way, he's still only twenty one. He's still very young. Um, I, Marvell has always been a solid main tank, uh, somebody that I've been a fan of for a very long time. I like that. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know if, if it, you know, he, he follows me on Twitter, but maybe Huck listens to the podcast and agrees with me sometimes. I'm just saying, I'm not saying he is, but if he is like, listen, I, I'm just saying like, we, there's a wavelength there. We, we, we played, uh, you know, we, we did a, we did an escape room together. There, there was a connection there. <laughs> The, the mind link. I, I broke you bread with the man. I I can just imagine us recording this podcast and somewhere on the eastern seaboard, Huck stands up, sits up directly to his bed and goes, I know what I have to do. <laughs> um, he might listen to the podcast. You never know. Um, but more than anything, I think um, I think this will be a fun roster to see. Like Crimzo uh, getting with a Canadian like Huck, I think always helps out, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just you're you're fine. <laughs> I'm ashamed, but we'll leave it alone. Uh, Dallas Fuel picking up a bunch more players as well. Um, most of the element mystic core is returning this year. Doha and Sparkle are coming back. So is Fielder. So is Hanbin. So is Fearless. They have brought in two new uh, DPS players and a new support. Um, at support, you have Chio, who I remember calling. Oh, I call that for the Runaway team. Never mind. Um, spent some time with Runaway. Spent some time with O2 Blast. Uh, really solid main support. People have mostly had really good things to say about the guy. Um, won some good tournaments, too. I think he was one. He was he was a main support on O2 Blast for a little bit as well. Like, good, yeah, good, pretty good player. Uh, they brought in Gurio, who is your uh, long-range hitscan guy. Widowmaker Ash, some Cassidy and Tracer in there as well. Spent some time with Blossom, um, Team Diamond, and apparently Talon Eaglet as well. Um, so I personally do not know much about this guy, but um, if, if they have faith in him, like we'll see. Like, uh, obviously not like one of the high end guys necessarily, but maybe a guy that they think was really good on a team that maybe wasn't at the top. Like he was still on teams that did decently. A, a guy you're looking to develop, I think. Either develop or you think that he has a lot of talent and might uh, end up turning out to be better than people think. You know? Um, and then the other guy they added onto the team was Edison as well. Edison comes out here from the Atlanta Reign. Um, has had... So Edison kind of is an interesting case because this guy was really, really hyped. And for all intents and purposes, he's done pretty well. Yeah. He's never necessarily let the league on fire. But, like, he's done well. He's never been, like, a liability, necessarily. Uh, I know people... Uh, you saw some re- report, some responses from people be like, we got Edison, really? This is the guy we got? We could, like, this and this was available? Edison's good. I want to see him rebound here. I think this guy has tons of, of really high-level Overwatch still left to play. Here, here's the thing. With, with, with what they've done, um, you have somebody that Edison is either going to beat out to be that main hit scan guy or Edison's going to end up uh, fizzling out, right? Yeah. Like you have the younger option basically in, in, in Gurio. So you you have your bases covered. I think that this is a good move because if Edison ends up losing out to this, then you've actually found yourself probably a pretty good talent, right? Or 
you've awakened Edison to, to the potential that he people had thought he had before. Mm-hmm. So I, I like this move. Uh, don't make it easy on Edison. He has to earn everything. And even if Guerrero doesn't beat him out, you've got a young guy that you can develop and uh, who might end up being a super talent anyway. So I think this is a cool thing that they did. Um, Chiyo is somebody that was very definitely pretty sought after as well. Uh, some recent success, too, I think helps. So good moves from Dallas. We know they're going to be a good team, though. If it's 6v6, 5v5, uh, I still think they're still probably in a pretty good spot. Yes, sir. And something else I think is really fun to mention. They hired a new assistant coach. Oh, that's right. Uh, making his way back to the Dallas Fuel is Rascal, actually. Uh, I think Rascal's another player that's very smart. Um, man, it's so weird. It seemed like he just was ready to to have a different go, but he's another guy who's super young. So I still wonder. I, I think back to like. Uh, obviously we don't cover League of Legends, but um, last year TSM was being coached by Bjergsen, right? Uh, mm. Bjergsen was like one of the best mid laners in North America for the longest time, right? Ton of ton of uh domestic titles and all that. Um, and then he goes into a coaching role, and my first thought, and I even have this thought with Toby too, still, um. I have it with any player who's like super young still. So he's a little bit older, so maybe not as much him, but definitely with Rascal because he's only 23. When you're watching somebody who you might you might be better than play the game, how do you react? How do you feel? Bjergsen's returning to playing as a player uh, this coming season of League of Legends. Mm-hmm. I always wonder if that's going to happen for some of these guys. Even if they end up being a decent coach, they still might be a better player. Uh, I'm excited for Rascal. I am because I love the guy. I know some people who know Rascal and they talk about how great of a dude he is. So I'm I'm glad that he gets to go to an organization that now he he's excited to because I think he likes a lot of the players there. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. And I'm excited to see what he can do as a coach. But I also have that still that thought is in the back of my mind. Is he going to get the itch to play again? I feel you, dude. All right. Next team. Uh, moving on really quickly. Oh, we still have so much to get through. Dang it. Houston Outlaws have announced a bunch of new players. Um, I take that back. Not a bunch of new players. Dante is coming back. Piggy is coming back. Um, Jake has bit Jake. So Jake is still with the team in some capacity. They put out pretty much a video, a teaser video earlier this month that pretty much boils down to. All right, guys, we're going to actually try now. You put up with us being crappy for these past couple years. Now we're going to actually try. And it was like, okay that's a weird video i didn't watch it so i'm just going off of your what you're telling me about and that's just weird it's like you had a good pretty good team last year and i think uh or or, i think you had a team that maybe people overrated a little bit at times uh i don't know it's hard to know what your team was last year your team was an enigma but with who they got some of the pickups that they have though early on I'm, i'm actually curious to see where it goes so Dante's coming back. Jake is coming back in some capacity. Piggy is coming back. And then the other two pickups. Iris from the Atlantis Reign is coming in. He's your current flex support. There's rumors about other guys are picking up. Um, I'm stoked. Iris is really good. I think it'll be a good pick. The one that we're all hyped about is Pelican going to the Houston Outlaws. Out Lobo, 
if you had if you had told me um, a month and a half ago that Pelican was going here, I would not have believed you. I would have called you a liar. I would have said, "How dare you promise me something that would oh, that seems so wonderful in my brain? I that I don't deserve things like that." You you'd been asking for it forever. Like every time we ever talk about Overwatch, I feel like you're like, "Man, I hope that they can be, like Pelican." Like, oh, it'd be great if they got Pelican. Like, I think you said the same thing for Iris too. Like, I think you've literally like manifested both of these picks. I'm obviously you didn't, but it's fun to joke about it. So I, I'm happy for you because I think these are two good building blocks. I think you still got to see a couple of the things that they're going to put around because um, I don't know if I consider Jake actually playing the game right now because uh, they haven't really told us if he is or not. So I, I want to see another DPS of some sort, another support and maybe one more tank. Just 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 to see how they round out. Um, I definitely think there's some good potential here, though. Alrighty, yeah, I'm Pelican alone kind of make, pops me for me a little bit, but we still have to see. They still need another support player, like minimum. Yep. Minimum, um, right? They need another tank player. I like Piggy a lot. You need somebody else there. Yep. Um. All right, London Spitfire actually making a bunch of moves recently. Uh, so Sparker and Shax have both come back. They're currently two way. They're both playing for Lund- for British Hurricane. I think just to keep them busy and justify why they're on the roster. Um, Backbone is another DPS player that they just signed. Um, cur- spent some time with Altiora, um, Ex Oblivione, Falcons Esport, and Sheer Cold. So kind of like another European contenders lifer. Um, flex support player. I'm sorry, Flex DPS player, you're Hanzo, you're Farah, but also you're Echo, you're Tracy, you're Genji. Uh, I'm not very familiar with him, so I can't really tell you much about him. Hottie, who was their main tank from last year, is coming back. He's been brought back to the team. He is joined by Poco. Maybe not joined. Poco is joining the team as well. Um, We know him, of course, from all of his time on Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, Making his jump to a European team, finally. Um, Coming in to cover the off-tank heroes. Uh, It's kind of a move that people weren't really expecting. I wonder like how mad like the the Paris Eternal fans are because like you know po- Poco is like one of the the great French hopes you know mm. and and he's on the English team he's on the team from London. Well, so by and large, it sounds like by and large, it sounds that like they um I think Avala came out and said that for what's it called. For Paris, they don't actually like sign anybody until like the day before. Yeah, I guess I don't know. It's the kind of thing where like where they don't actually like publicize who they're getting. That way, like there's less of a turnaround. So, I mean, regardless, either, Poco's not on their team, so that doesn't change that. The, no, the but point, it is a big bummer um, it, if you're Paris. If you're a Paris fan, probably if you're you're a French fan, whatever. I I, I um. Provide is an interesting one. Um, obviously, yeah. there's still some controversy with him uh, from things that he he had done in the past. This was a guy who was briefly on the Valiant too. Like, um, well, he was on the he was about to be on the Valiant. Um, news yeah. came out about him. Apparently, I mean, you may remember this guy under the name Slur. Uh, That's right, I a flex support that. player, um, and. Uh, he was caught using slurs. <laughs> um, yeah, surprise. Yeah. Um, so th- there, there was like a lot of uh, flack thrown the way of Neki because of this. Um, and 
we'll see. We'll see. You know, you, you hope that a guy has changed for the better. Um, you, you won't know until you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's definitely like an interesting roster. I think this is going to be a better roster than last year from what we're seeing so far. Um, you think it is not going to be? No, it is going to be better. Okay. How much better, though? I, I don't know. Um, it might not be that much better. I think that like Hottie's been pretty good in in uh for the British Hurricane for quite a while. So, you know, he's had a lot of success. Is he going to be able to repeat that success when you're playing against the best players in the world? I don't know. EU has not had the track record here like we see them having League of Legends where they usually can compete. Although not this year, them and NA both fizzled out in the quarterfinals this year. But uh, that's a different game, and that's neither here nor there. Uh, I still kind of wish that they would uh, be a little bit more diverse with their roster. The thing with Provide, I think, as well, is that people... I saw a really good tweet, actually, today, where it's like, you know, because the, um, they were talking about, like, that the, peop- like, the people whose opinion that, like, they actually wanted was, like, somebody who's actually... Like, from the ethnic group that he invoked when he was using a slur. Like, what is their opinion? How do they feel about it? And mm-hmm. what kind of drawing attention to the fact that, like, there's not that, like, that African-Americans and some more ethnic groups are not very well represented in the game. And, like, let's look at why that is. Yeah, it's definitely so. true. Um, Dark Mode is not a team that I was ever a big fan of. Um, so it's always... I'm always kind of apprehensive sometimes with dark mode uh, regardless. And there's some players that we've kind of talked about who are in, you know, going to be in the league or, or will be or are. So that makes it a little bit harder too. Uh, there's been some good people from dark mode, but dark modes had some dumb stuff too. So I think it was dark mode is the team that I'm thinking of regardless though. Uh, I think they still probably need one more support player. So we'll see who they pair provide with and see where it goes and see if provide has truly changed. All right. We got to keep speed rounding this because realistically we are not going to finish in time. If we don't, I mean, we're doing an episode a month. I think it'll be okay. If we go a little bit over. This is true. Hey, Kura, this episode is going to be a tiny bit longer. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Okay. We're going to, okay. LA gladiators had a bunch of moves happen. Um, Number one, Space is back on the team. Kefster's back. Shub is back. Skewed is back. Um, the big announcements for that, Funny Astro um, is coming in for the team at main support, which is really interesting. Um, one of the best main support players in the world. This roster continues to get better, especially when you bring in Ons as another DPS player for you, uh, as your long-range hit scan guy, maybe even your flick scan um, player. He's sort of your so, replacement for Bird Ring is what on yes. is um, not a bad replacement. Um, Funny Astro is replacing Moth. Not a bad replacement uh, for for as talented as those two players were that I just mentioned Ons and Funny Astro, maybe guys that can fill those shoes. Um, but it's still going to be hard, right? To fill mm-hmm. both of those players shoes, even though Moth didn't really do a whole lot on on the Gladiators. I don't think that was Moth's fault, per se. Um, I'm curious to see where Moth goes, though. Yeah, we haven't heard about him yet. You know, Houston still needs a main support player. They do. They do. The other guy that got picked up is Reiner, who's a long time contenders guy. Um, literally back on goats a long, long time ago. 
with Bazooka Puppies, with Last Night's Leftovers, with Second Wind, XL2 Academy, if you remember that name, Lobosco. I do. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier in this podcast. Long, long time contenders guy. Uh, main, sub, main tank player. Um, people are very stoked to see him in the league. People have been very excited to see him kind of finally getting his chance. Yeah, he was like, I think he came on to, because uh, he was a guy who was part of Fractal, if I remember as well, which was like the original version of Goats. And then Goats became the team after that. Um, so yeah, yeah he, he's like an OG. He played with guy. I think he played, was Gator? Gator was on Fractal, right? Is my mind working right? Because I think Gator was, uh, was he on that team? Yeah, he was on Goats. Gator was on Goats. Um, I don't remember. I think Gator might have replaced, um, might have replaced him, if I mm. remember right. It's hard to, it's so long ago and my brain is terrible, so it's hard to remember every single thing that happened. But yeah, he, he's been a guy who's been around for a very, very long time. Um, it, it you know is it going to happen eventually? Like some of these guys, they were eventually going to get their their chance. Um, lots of coaching changes as well. Smash comes in as an assistant coach. Unter, who was like, I think we, a lot of credit has kind of been in the community thrown his way for really revitalizing the Atlanta Reign this year. Um, Unter, Unter, whichever. Um, goes in as an assistant coach. Um, and then Face gets promoted to main coach or a head coach in the wake of D-Pay leaving the team. There is a bunch of, um, there was a bunch of like back and forth and forth and drama earlier this week or earlier this month where um, D-Pay, um, D-Pay came out, um, left the team and then made a statement about how pretty much he was, um, how he was fired in the wake of him having a bunch of like personal de- like deals and like not working well with the team and that he felt like the team was behind the curve and that they weren't doing what they needed to do. And then meanwhile, you had Bisu, who's the general manager for the team, come out and say, Hey, like I'm not cool with you throwing my team and my staff under the bus. Here is my here's what happened on our side. Um, kind of saying apparently it sounds like a, an, an issue where there was a meeting that happened. Both teams didn't handle it the way that probably was best, or both sides didn't handle it the correct way. Um, both teams, both areas left feeling upset and angry with it and jilted. And ev- both ones probably have some things that they are like that are more accurate to them. Either way, um, I, ex- I I wasn't surprised that DPA was gone necessarily, or maybe no. I was because no, they hired him back. They officially said they were bringing him back for season four. Or season five. So either way, it was very um, weird. It was just very weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. D pays always had like a big mouth for stuff, but also like you remember freaking back in season one where he was apparently throwing shoulders at Houston outlaws players. So like, I forgot about that. No, I don't remember. Yeah, man. That. Remember? No, cause was, I, I just didn't care about Houston. <laughs> who Jake and a couple outlaws players like even made in fate and flame even said like had made accusations of him, like throwing the shoulder at them in the middle, like of the hallways in the blizzard arena. That's so either dumb. way. Glass look pretty good this year. Um, this one I think is going to come down to coaching. Yeah. And, and, and I, I kind of just remember too, why I couldn't think of who Rainer was on the old fractal teams. It's because he used to be go by frill and he was a DPS player. Um, it's funny how things change is like players uh, careers advance 
So Florida, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're good. Florida Mayhem currently have four players on the roster right now. Checkmate is back. He is back. He's returned. Um, Mirror is on this team, formerly with the Glads. Um, kind of a good flex, serviceable guy. Hopefully, we see him kind of evolve a little bit more here. He's going to be kind of your covering mostly of like your backup heroes. Hydron is a DPS player um, who will be turning 18 in the near future. Um, kind of a contender's king with tier two drama alert, wave check, <laughs> uh, American Tornado, and Redbird Esports. He turns 18 in February. People are pretty hyped to see him in the league. Um, kind of your hit scan, long range hit scan guy. So this will be cool. I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah. And uh, that's not all, though. Yeah. You got Sir Majed in there as well, who is a flex support player. Um, uh, Clockwork Vendetta. Wow. I haven't seen that name in forever. Yeah. He was Ultimate. also, he was part of a team called Ashtek Warriors before that, which was like this, this full Saudi team uh that like was playing in the eu contenders um they won like a really big tournament as well like they actually if you look at like the overwatch um like total earnings lists they're near the top because they won like a huge saudi tournament that had like a m- massive prize pool mm-hmm. um so they they actually have a much higher um it was the overwatch saudi regional tournament and they won $160,000 of us money um, it was a, it, I don't know what it was in Saudi money, but it was a lot of money, but it e- equaled out to, to 160,000 us dollars. So fun, fun little, uh, overwatch fact for you. So it's really cool to see him. Cause like I covered Oshtek in like EU trials and stuff. So, so, and clockwork vendetta for me personally, there's like a lot of, it's really cool to see somebody from that team get in. For sure. I'm really happy to see it. And like, this is again, we don't have a lot of like Middle Eastern players in the league, period. So I will like, it's great to see more people getting in. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You, you know, because we're talking about some really young players right now, Ramses. Um, I know he's not really like, he's sort of playing, <laughs> but he's not playing, but he's sort of playing. But I think it's worth looking at the countdown timer till Sugar Free is Overwatch League eligible. We haven't done it in oh, a long geez. time. Uh, oh boy. 402 days, 23 hours, 58 minutes and 55 seconds. We're we're a little under two. We're under two years. Ramsey's we're almost to a year away from when he could actually play in the Overwatch League. I'm just saying I'm just saying never say never. I'm still going to throw it out there. Paris Eternal. Um, we talked about this. J-Mac is has been elevated up to head coach. Um, and. I know I've been a little bit bummed. Um, Get a Mace has been very public with the fact that he's had a hard time finding another place, um, another head coaching position. Uh, it's, I don't know. It seems like, like we talked about, a lot of places I think have been very, there has not been that much coach turnover this offseason. Yeah, there really hasn't. Um, it sucks for Get Amazed. Uh, I want to see him get work. Like, uh, he, he at least deserves a shot. Like the fact, the the thing that's most telling is that he's not even getting um, chances to interview. That's, I think, the most disappointing part about it all. Like, whether he gets the job or not is completely different, but the fact that, that a guy who did a decent job last year is not even getting a shot is is pretty disappointing. Um, Paris Eternal roster. Uh, right now, we know that Naga, Don, Khan, and Dredro are all returning. Uh, the big get so far is Glister, actually, uh, which is super surprising. Glister, um, formerly with San Francisco Shock, London Spitfire. Um, 
is your other DPS player right now. I'm happy so. for Glister. I like Glister. I'm a Glister fan. I think that he got too much hate last year when it wasn't his fault. Um, so I'm very happy for Glister. Uh, and I also think this is a cool little reuniting of Glister and J-Mac. Obviously, J-Mac mm. believes in him, too. A uh, little good London Spitfire reunite that you have between those two. Um, different situation, right? Because they were playing together. Now J-Mac's his coach. Um, maybe J-Mac was maybe part of the reason why you have get gone and J-Mac elevated is because they felt J-Mac was doing, you know, that that's always a possibility. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying something like that could make some sense. Uh, I'm just happy that Glister's on a team. I'm really curious to see what else they add here, um, to this roster as well. It feels like there's a little bit more that needs to be done. Con and Dredro had a pretty decent year last year. I think they'll be a pretty solid support line. Will they be like the best support line? Probably not. Um, I'm more cons- curious about how they build, you know, what they add to Naga and Glister. Like you probably still want one more DPS to fill some holes. Um, and then, you know, what you do with Don, you know, who you, who you have is that extra tank to maybe fill holes in 5v5 if, if we end up in 5v5. Um, looking at- Honestly, this roster kind of, I think, is going to be in the same spot as they were last year. We'll see. Um, San Francisco has a bunch of pickups. Uh, Super is back. Violet is back. Uh, and then there's a couple of new players they've been picking up. Um, from They've really been like kind of picking the contender's garden right now. Proper, I think, was the biggest pickup. He's uh, kind of heralded as like the next big DPS talent. Um, he's out of Korea with O2 Blast, Stormquake. Um, there people are super hyped to see him in the league. Um, Finn is a support player that we saw um with O2 Blast last year. People are really hyped about him as well. He's your main support. He's your um, excuse me. He's another flex support guy. Um, there's been I guess a lot of people have been substantiating that we're going to see a lot of double flex support in Overwatch season five. So we'll see. Uh, Kilo is another DPS player. Uh, he is in from get you guessed it. O2 blast. <laughs> um, kind of your Widowmaker ash, your cast long range hit scan guy. And then your um, the other DPS player they brought in is Sam um, title. It's, it's S nine M M. Um, it's pronounced Sam, um, American contenders player. Uh, he's your flex guy, echo Reaper, Genji, may Sombra, um, sky foxes, Karasuno, Tier two drama alert nation, dark, uh, dark mode North America. Most recently with Redbird, American Tornado. Um, people are excited to see this guy get a chance. People, at least on most of my timelines, have been pretty stoked about another it. Another super young guy too, so going to get his opportunity on the shock. Um, you know, we'll see how this ends up playing out because proper is the guy that they're all really excited for. He'll be of age by the time the season starts, whenever that may be. So. It sounds like you'll have a kind of a three-headed rotation between proper Kilo and, and Sam. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still wonder if they're going to pick up another tank or not to pair with Super. Uh, but this is still pretty... I mean, like, when you have Violet um, and you have Finn, I think that the only one thing is, are they going to actually pull a main support player from somewhere? Mm-hmm. Moth is still available, but we'll see if... Who knows? He is, yep. Side note, we forgot to talk about it before. Um, McGravy got picked up to be a coach for the Florida Mayhem. 
Um, I'm excited to see the guy get work. Hope it goes well. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for him as well. Uh, He gets to back into the league somehow. Toronto Defiant have picked up. I think, have we seen actual pickups yet? Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. My bad. So, Kisu and Twilight on the same team. I think we talked about that last time, That the Twilight pickup. Hot Buzz been moving to this team. Muse is on this team. And then Korong, um, or Chorong, main su- I think it's a main support player? Yeah. Main support player um, will be of age by the time the season starts, formerly with Talon and Batlica um, and WGS Armament. Um, people have been pretty stoked about him as well. I've seen a lot of people who are excited to see him in the league. So... This is an, a pretty good little roster here. I think if they can get like another couple really good pickups, a couple DPS um, is all they really kind of need right now, right? Like Hot Bob Muse is all right. Uh, nothing bad to shake you after the tank line. Um, support line, obviously, Twilight is somebody that I've been pretty high on for a while. Kisu's no, a good no player. No way. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I like what they've done so far. Um, still hard to. Man, it's so hard to know when we know nothing about what they're going to be playing on. <laughs> Whether it's like, like it, it's so hard to tell some of this stuff. It is. Well, and if I know anything about Overwatch, we won't know until literally the week before. Pro- <laughs> probably, yeah. All right, let's round out a couple more of these Vancouver Titans. There's a lot of rumors about them picking up people. Um, at this point, they've got nobody. Um, nobody's currently on the roster. Um, Linkser did put out a statement earlier today, actually, that he is going to be retiring from Pro Overwatch. He might look into Valorant. He might look into coaching. He's not sure yet, but he's going to take some time and figure out what he wants to do. So good for Jiri. I love the dude. Um, one of my favorite Overwatch players of the past couple of years. Uh, I'm wishing him the best in whatever comes next for him. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Linkser since before Overwatch League. Uh, I used to watch his streams a lot. So we'll be excited to see where he goes, uh, whatever career path he decides to choose. All right. And the last one, last one for this evening is the Washington Justice. Um, couple people coming back. Um, the only ones we have, so we have confirmed Decay, Mag, and Fury, and Assassin. At least right now, we, we know that they're all on the roster. Um, the new pickups are Happy at DPS. Happy kind of coming in to play that long-range hit scan. Um, and Krillin at Flex Support. Krillin! Krillin's been working his way back, man. He has. Uh, he, he's been playing on some decent teams, T1. They weren't a championship team, but they were always a team competing. Uh, they were always like a top three finisher in a lot of the, the different co- uh, contenders, Korea stuff or fourth place at the, the least. So, they, you know, they were top four team always at the at the minimum. Uh, played well during the NetEast tournament as well. So and, and Krillin was a part of why they were a good team. So I, I'm excited for Krillin that he's going to get his um, his um, his return arc right to, to the league. The mullet god gets another chance to thrive. Good for him. Good for him. I hope I hope it pays off for Washington. Um, support was definitely the place where they were weakest last year. The other guy that they've picked up is Vigilante, who was uh, standing with Element Mystic, played time with um, 200 MS, most recently with Talon Esports, also spent some time with WGS Phoenix and Triumph. 
uh, flex support player, but he does not turn 18 until July 1st. So they need to get somebody else to be able to pick up that role. He is a highly touted player, though. He was on a very good talent team. Talon was like it was them and O2 Blast in Contenders Korea this past year. Uh, those were the top two teams. Uh, mm. So definitely happy to see that he's uh, getting his opportunity and and on a roster that looks like it might be pretty good if they get another piece or two. All righty. I think that's going to be it for us on episode two, 126 of Push the Point. Uh, anything else, Lobo, before we do kind of our wrap up at the end? Um, I'm, I think the one thing that maybe has me most surprised and maybe it's part of the age of some of the players, but I'm a little surprised that we didn't see a little bit more come out of team CC into the league. Um, there were some guys who definitely could have made their way in like who we all and a couple others. So I'm really a little hoping that maybe we get some of those players to make it onto some teams here, uh, in the next month. Yeah, I know you and I talk, there are rumors that like, there's some rumors about, um, Dia uh dia trialing with a couple teams um la valiant have to put on a new roster you would think um yeah so i mean we haven't heard from super inch in like a year um who knows we'll see (laughs) we'll see Alrighty. Thanks for listening to episode 126 of Push the Point. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, as always, the best way to help us out is to leave us a review on iTunes, whatever podcast platform you like to listen to. We read each review live on the show. It's a great it's a great way to just let us know what you like, what we can make better, um, or just to rag on me for not carrying you in game night, which is happening this Saturday, um, November the 13th. November 13th at 6 p.m. PST. So that's in the Mashless Buttons Discord server, which how do they get there, Lobosco? Uh, you go to discord.me slash Mashless Buttons, and you'll be able to find uh, out not just about our show and stuff there, but about a bunch of other shows that are associated with the Mashless Button Network, a few of which you're going to hear about right after our show is done. So stick around to hear about those. There's some really, really cool shows. I highly recommend them. Uh, Patreon.com slash Mashless Buttons, too, to support this network. It's awesome. It allows us to talk about this. All the time uh, allows us to have some cathartic uh, episodes too, like the the episode before this one. So please, please support the network, support Ja. He's an awesome dude. Uh, do it. Uh, if you want to support the show at Pushpoint POD is where you can follow us on Twitter. Keep up to date with any information that we're going to put out. Uh, or you can email us, push the point at gmail.com. You can do that and, you know, send us an email about what you think about whatever. Lobosco is on Twitter at. So I just realized I sent something to the wrong place. Um, nice. Labosco on Twitter at Labosco, <laughs> and I am on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of Push the Point, episode 126. Take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. Be kind. Uh, we will see you in the near future. Uh, see you for game night this Saturday in the Masters Buttons Discord server. There's more info there. Come hang. We take console. We take PC. Whoever's ready. Uh, we'll see you there. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. 
If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashLoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 